0: Welcome to the Take Flight podcast with Daniel Johnson, Olu Okunola, Pabilo Timbo, and Joel Ahmed as your hosts. Take Flight is released weekly, giving you behind the scenes business views into multiple industries, as well as highlighting the backstories of entrepreneurs and leaders in their respective spaces. We will also be breaking down business models, examining the latest trends in business, and sharing our learnings along the way. Take Flight podcast is a university business class packaged for a diverse and inclusive audience. We blend this together for a unique and exciting look into the world of business. Join us, your hosts, who are coming from underrepresented backgrounds in the UK, have since worked and traveled to over 100 countries, learned our craft in some of the largest companies in the globe, started our own businesses, as well as invested across multiple asset classes, as we give a unique and inclusive perspective with the mission to help other potential flyers get ready to take flight. Since it started in 2019, Take Flight podcast has grown to have listeners in over 50 countries in the top five podcasts globally, and continues to grow and expand. Come join a growing community and let's help more potential flyers take flight. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud. In episode 106,
1: we discuss Coca-Cola's largest brand acquisition deal ever, where they purchased the remaining 85% stake in body armor for 6.5 billion. It's a deal that helps the company challenge for more market share in the sports drinks industry. We break down the details of the deal, what it means for the competition, and whether we think the deal will actually be a success for both body armor and Coca-Cola. What's even more exciting about the acquisition is how much the late Kobe Bryant has made from his investment. He turned 6 million into 400 million in just nine years which is more than he's earned during during his entire basketball career and he didn't even have to dribble a basketball so we share our reflections on why it's important to adopt an investor's mindset and the power of capital working versus labor working so if you have a passion for business deals and learning about successful investments then this episode is certainly for you um okay Guys, welcome back to episode 106. Um, today, we're talking about um, business deals, acquisitions, and an investment that's paid off very well for someone that is very famous, and that's to the late Kobe Bryant. So, before we dive into the details and sort of share reflections on the deal itself and also what we've learned from the investment, without obviously further ado, how do you guys feel?
2: Pete, why didn't you kick it off? The guy who always asks the question um, is normally the last, but why didn't you kick it off for us? How, how are you doing?
1: So, actually, I, I was surprised it got back to me. That way. Um, <laughs> I'm good. I, I spent the weekend with the family in Montreal. It's just above Geneva Lake, two hours from home, um, celebrating my birthday on Friday. So Jeez! Really Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, we uh Happy birthday year. to
2: Timbo. We've got another surprise year. coming up for the listeners. By the yeah,
1: episode. exactly. So now it's good. Now good time with the family. I was able to switch off. I didn't really make it public because I just thought I was going to find myself responding to messages on that weekend. And then, yeah, it was, but it was really, really good. Good food, good views, still kept the routine. Um, yeah, good time.
0: So, P, did you, um, uh, did so... You, did you? did you, I was going to say, did you use any French when you're out there? Especially yeah, little,
1: in, I use Olu's, Olu's, Olu's. famous line, yeah. la this: s'il vous plaît. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, uh... Actually,
1: actually, funny enough, I don't know. It comes to you, right? If you're in there for, if you're if you're there for a day or two, you can you you, you don't think you remember those words, but all those phrases or certain lines. Um, but now it's all right. I, I it was nice. It was nice. I found <laughs> no, myself. So... I found myself using French back in Basel, and I thought to myself, "Is no, nah, that's this was German."
2: But P, you, I mean, you you skated over the fact that it was your it was your birthday, and it's been a it's been a a big year and stuff. Obviously, with the with the family, with everything going on outside of work. Any any initial reflections or thoughts? I mean, you woke up; it was your birthday. You were with the family in a beautiful place. Any any thoughts that came to your head on that on that moment? Oh, uh, I'm still going through those reflections
1: if i'm being i'm actually looking at myself and i'm trying to do a bit of this uh starting all over again and i don't what i mean by that is i'm more speaking about sort of i'm trying to position myself in a way that i totally i don't know anything and i'm Mm -hmm. starting from this blank piece of paper and i want to challenge all of the ideals and thoughts that i think are correct everything property investments mindset um and that's what I'm reflecting on right now. So it's 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 quite um powerful because everything that you believe you're challenging, right? So mm-hmm. you're kind of betting on yourself, but then betting against yourself and saying, okay, what do I want to do for the next twelve months? So that's I've never done that before, or I've never mm-hmm. felt like that. So that's something which I'll share once I've kind of concluded um, when we when we catch up and talk.
2: Mm-hmm. Man, we're looking forward to hearing more about those reflections. And for any of the listeners, in case you didn't know, it was Pabilo's birthday. Then this is your chance to drop him a message and wish him happy birthday. Um, in case you've forgotten, by the way, um, we're actually on that on that note. Olu, how how are you doing? You got any surprise news for us? Nah,
3: nice, it was a normal weekend. I no, joking. Um
2: Similar to P,
3: I celebrated my birthday um, this weekend as well. So, yeah,
2: happy birthday
3: on Sunday, Miss, Mr. Olu. Um Scorpio. Um, so this weekend, it's great weekend. Um was able to complete on the property investment. Um, pick up the keys, um, go to the property, arrange um some quotations for the renovation. So it was kind of strange because I didn't really sort of quote unquote celebrate in terms of having like a dinner. Per se but I, that's how
2: you celebrate, bro you celebrate by exactly. buying assets that's that's exactly what, that's what Gener- <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it was different i like during the week, I had some small celebrations right some um dinners went on a park run um which was arranged my my girlfriend where my brothers came down for the park run, so that was good that was good fun um and then went up to Liverpool. so yeah, um to be honest, I think reflection wise about turning um a new year.
1: Um oh, you didn't want to say age. Yeah, you, I mean, you intentionally didn't say the number there. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah.
3: Intentionally, forty, 40 intentionally. something, but you just left it. He just left it. It, <laughs> it, it, it. it depends which passport you're referring to. Yeah. If it's the UK one or the Nigerian one, <laughs> it varies. um But reflection is that I feel good. Like um you know sometimes you age and then you start to feel a little bit aching and stuff like that right now i feel like in great condition um like i don't feel like i've aged this year um which also really makes you focus on the importance of health um i think that's what i'm really taking away from this birthday is just the importance of health and as long as you feel energized you feel healthy you can pretty much attain most things that you have or want to achieve so i think that's the big thing i'm taking away this year
2: we love to hear it, man. Happy and happy belated uh, birthday to you. I mean, I did wish you birthday on your day, Olu. More but likes, in case any other likes. listeners didn't wish happy birthday to Olu either, now's your second chance as well.
1: <laughs> Daniel, how Daniel? are you? Me? I'm good. Was
3: it your birthday as well?
0: No. Nah.
2: That <laughs> 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 nah, was my birthday.
0: Yeah, my birthday. No, my birthday is gone. Um, no, nah, I'm doing well. It's been a busy week. You know, crypto has been wild. Markets are mm. crazy, 247. Mm. But you know, have to give out the free gems. Give out the free gems. Jim, Gem, you gave one. I think you gave one. They're looking, they're waiting for the rest. Oh, really? <laughs> one, because someone talked someone actually responded and said, Oh, you actually will write on three others as well. But it's okay. It's tensions in the detail.
3: Do you also um, do you also publicize the one that you the ones that you were wrong about or just the uh, success stories?
0: No, I'm, I'm very transparent. I don't know if you recall earlier, That's I shared, true. you know, That's a lot true. when they read. So I'm I'm completely transparent. Um, so yeah, of course, it's not That's financial advice. It's only my own experiences, and I want everyone to win. That's
2: true. And for then, for those that like trying in- to change lives. Yeah, in case you're not, right. then you should uh, be following Daniel on uh, on social media because he does uh, share some some great wisdom, especially in the cryptocurrency space, where he is the pioneer of the out of the four of us in that space. He's leading the next frontier. So anything Daniel says now, I'm at the stage where I just don't even question it; I just blindly follow it. So Daniel, hundred percent. Thank you after that tip sure. the other week after implementing those actions. And actually, Daniel, you another thing that you didn't mention is that you were. You were making some amazing cocktails or something recently as well, right? What was that for? Oh,
0: yeah. Um, I was hired for an event, my first sort of large-scale event. And I'll be honest, up until even that morning, I was still nervous because they were asking for about 200 drinks. And I'm thinking, right, oh, these drinks, <laughs> 200. And I'm like, it's kind of a one-man team. Uh, but my wife, <laughs> she, she, came, she came along. She learned quickly. She's now the mixologist as well. Um, got some great pictures of her mixing some drinks, and it was a, it was a great great feedback from people. Everyone enjoyed the drinks. Everyone was really impressed. Um, so I'm happy to kind of it's not my first official, but it was my first large. So it was nice to feel that pressure and also to learn what I would you know how I would go into another one and you know what learnings I've taken from that. You know on the way back, you know my wife and I we had a conversation of you know I said to her you know she said can I share with you some things I said sure. So she said what she thought went well, and where we can improve, and where I can invest more into the business um, to make the one, the next one, uh, an even better success. But I tell you what, after my back was slumped, um, <laughs> I went to sleep, took some tablets, and yeah, yeah, it was it was a tough day, but it was fun and rewarding at the same time
2: i'd love to hear it. and that conversation man that's uh that's that's the relationship goals right there to have those types of conversations with a, with a partner i mean very quickly on my side everything all good but i think daniel's um experience there about his uh cocktail making and the the, the product that he's serving there i think that gives us a good segue into the topic that we want to talk about Pete, about kobe and the deal and all of that
1: yeah i'm really looking forward to this discussion so
2: it's kind of a two-part episode
1: one part we're going to sort of dive into Kobe's um, great investment and how he turned 6 million into um, 400 million. I think there were numbers around 800 million, but I think in the end it was confirmed around 400 million. But that's 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 just one investor of the entire deal. But before we get there, we want to talk a bit about the actual deal in itself, right? Coca-Cola's largest brand acquisition deal. So um, before we sort of get reflections from the guys, maybe just a quick brief background on what this deal was all about. Um, so Coca-Cola, they actually purchased, um, 15% of body armor back in 2018. And the thinking was just to sort of expand their brand offering. Um, and at the time, I believe body armor was valued at 2 billion and the thought was always, it's going to be a multi-year deal. And then it was November of this year, 2021, where they purchased the remaining 85% for 5.6 billion, um, making it their largest brand acquisition deal ever. And that obviously acquisition led to a number of investors, including Kobe Bryant, doing extremely well. So it'll be good to get, you know, just generally your 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 key takeaways or thoughts on Coca-Cola's move. Right? Um, they've been around since 1886, and this is their largest deal acquisition deal. So, um, what do we think?
3: Um, in no particular order. Um, I can jump in. Um, so, what do we think about um, Coca-Cola's? acquiring body armor um now i think the first thing you got to understand is why do businesses do acquisitions right so try to keep it in quite a layman's term in regards to generating growth you really have two ways you can think about it you either do it in-house so you fund it through um, research and development Um, And then you try to innovate or you do it through acquiring other businesses. Right now, um, Coca-Cola has come out with a strategy um, to be a total drinks company. Right. So I think a lot of people know the traditional Coca-Cola soda drinks. Right. But you'll be surprised how many different brands and drinks that they own. And, it's a great strategy because you really want to diversify it, right? If you've got expertise in manufacturing, supply, the creation, branding around drinks on the soda side, there's so many synergies and partnerships that you can do on other sides. So Coca, um, Coca-Cola have, um, acquired um, Costa Coffee, right? In that space, they've acquired... Um, organic raw drinks from like an Australian company and now and now they've moved into or try to increase their space in the sort of sports drinks category now the number one competitor in that space is Gatorade right they own 70% of the market share and that's owned by Pepsi who is Coca-Cola's number one rival so um Coca-Cola owns um, Powerade, um, which is, to be honest, is being killed by Gatorade, right? So what is their best way of gaining market shares, being competitive against um, Gatorade, is why don't we go through and invest in this and purchase this innovative brand that we believe in the next five, 10 years can compete with Gatorade and Pepsi and um get market share. So I'll stop there. I'll let All the rest right. of the guys sort of chime in. Oh, great insights, great points. No problem. Um, P-, Chival- P
2: you want to go next or
1: yeah i no I've got a couple of points, but let's let's uh, circle it to either yourself or Daniel.
2: Okay, so then maybe just to, to build on um uh Olu's comments so I think um I learned a lot actually there Olu as well so thank you for for sharing that And I think especially the the Coca-Cola's business dimensions I think the way that I looked at it um was that I was looking at it from a perspective of the actual market that body armor is currently in so what is Coca-Cola actually acquiring into um and basically the global sports market at the moment is a is a 26 billion dollar global business which is sizable but I think what I was really excited about looking at the transaction and then looking at this this market that they're buying into is basically expected to grow an average rate of 4.2 percent between 2021 and 2028. And that will basically get the market from 26 billion to where it is today, to then up to 36 to 40 billion by the end of the the decade. So this is a sizable, sizable business. And I think what I especially liked about this industry is this is an industry that if I look around my friends, if I look around um, the groups that I'm in, I see a trend shifting towards that direction as well. So trends like, for example... Healthier products. People are much more conscious now about the calories that they're consuming. They're at least aware of it or they're having a conversation about it. I think also the amount of physical activities that we're all doing. This needs to be fueled by something, whether you're working out at home or if you're going to the gym more. Um, And then we as a consumer, I think we're also starting to love brands with a story. And the fact that Kobe I mean, rest in peace, but he is attached to this brand. I think that in itself has a value to it as well, which will live through um, beyond his investments, which I know we'll talk about later. So I think if you couple that with Coca-Cola's size that Oli was mentioning, competitive advantage, with this particular segment in the industry, it's a super exciting, super exciting move.
0: I would just say to add without reiterating many of the great points that have been shared, when you think about Coca-Cola, What do you think about what they're doing, as already alluded to, you acquire to try and gain market share with Gatorade being, you know, the market leader roughly 70%. The only way to do it is, you know, if you can't beat the competition, you have to buy the competition. Mm. And buying body armor was a way to sort of do this. But at the same time, I think that it's also was premeditated. I think Coca-Cola knew at some stage they were going to buy body armor. And I think even body armor may have set out to be acquired in the future. When you look back at the co-founder, Mike Rippo, he founded Vitamin Water, Smart Water, and energy and energy brands, all which are now owned by who? Coca-Cola. Yeah. So it's by no happenstance that you know, it's acquired by Coca-Cola. It could be have been created, um, you know, to compete with Coca-Cola, and at some stage be bought by Coca-Cola or, or even PepsiCo. But it's it's quite interesting. And when you think about Coca-Cola's mission statement, it's to refresh the world in mind, body, and spirit, to inspire moments of optimism, optimism and happiness through our brands and actions to create value for making a difference. And when you tie that now to a sports drink, a sports brand in this whole multi-billion industry, people, as Joelle said, are more conscious about what they're putting into their body. Mm. So it sort of ties into that refreshing the mind, body, and spirit. Um, And I'll pause pause there.
1: Yeah, Daniel, I love that you pulled that point out because I think that was, for me, also one key takeaway, which was you've got this co-founder, Mike Repo who actually... As you mentioned, has done this before, right? He's partnered with the likes of Fifty Cent and other celebrities to wrap around vitamin water and then get that sold. I think it's like four billion to Coca Cola, and he's mm-hmm. now doing the same thing again. So that the learning there for me was almost like harnessing a skill set that you can basically repeat, mm-hmm. right, and do again. The, the 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 big thing for me actually, which is quite interesting, is in just reading, Mike and the team are very ambitious about Body Armor being able to tackle for number one spot by 2025. And as you guys have mentioned, Gatorade is at 70%. They've effectively monopolized the market, right? And so they've got a legacy in the game. Historically, we can talk about like how very much the brand is uh, driven by Michael Jordan and some of the ads that he'd done in the past. But then I'm thinking, how exactly are you then going to actually you know, gain more share? So one of the things they're basically saying is how they're positioning the brand is more of a premium brand. It's more of a, like a superior hydration Uh, premium pricing but one thing i thought was interesting they said that they're more targeting the younger demographics and they're saying that for the younger people who don't know much about the history gatorade and body armor came came out at the same time so it'll be interesting to see I, i i'll be interested to see as we're talking about this now how they plan or how they actually plan to continue to basically push for the number one spot i i also think that gatorade are not worried per se i think i think they've got so much market share that but that could be their downfall because ultimately they may not innovate well enough. Um, and it will be interesting to see how that spot is taken. The last thing I will say also is i you mentioned it, uh, Olu, I think Coca-Cola also owned Powerade. So I'm thinking yeah. to myself, Powerade's is a number two spot with like, I think 20% market share. You've then acquired body armor. There's this concept of like cannibalizing your cells. So is, is, I'm interested to understand, are they focusing purely on body armor? What's the position of power raid? and how they're going to use the two to sort of compete, right? For for more share. Um, but yeah, really, really interesting um um thoughts. Any other additional um points that came to mind um as we've but been discussing? I was just gonna
0: say, Pete, on your last point about also, you know, about cannibalizing on the the power raid. I don't think Coca-Cola are too concerned about that. They've got many different, you know sort of offerings or brands that compete with one another. They have many, you know, even smart water and written water. Okay, it's slightly different, but they're, they're kind of the same. They've got a number of plant-based beverages, Minute Made, Simply and Innocent. They're sort of in the same category. And it's almost like you 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 have five brands, you put all of them in front of the consumer, but essentially it's still still the same company. It's still going to go to the same PNL, okay, different PNL, um you know um different subsidiaries, but it's going to the same parent company. So, I don't think they they mind too much. And when you've got two products that are going to compete in the sports drink industry, you know, it's really, you could argue that it's two versus one because of the choice of three, there's a likelihood that they could be chosen on the other two. But of course, it's not going to be an overnight success. It's going to take some work to do, but it's going to put them up there to at least compete a bit more closely with PepsiCo.
2: I think just to to build on that as well, I think the the um the element of there there is that high competition and Gatorade, as you've spoken about, has got a strong presence, especially in the US. Um, but I think with Coca Cola now, which is a worldwide player now. Um, body armor could be open up to the Asia market, for example, it could be opened up to to Europe. So that distribution that they could get before as a smaller company has now just been opened up to the full world. And Coca-Cola is a global brand, which is known from one corner of the world to the other. So I think now for body armor, this will hopefully untap a huge um, potential for them. And I was reflecting a bit about the deal. I think it's very similar. I'm going to Ollie's point about the M&A strategy and what we've seen, for example, in the, in the healthcare industry. So, in the healthcare industry, typically, we, we work in a, in a large multinational company, which is known for globalizing and commercializing products. And we have in the past bought smaller biotech firms and basically been able to scale that product across the globe. I think what Coca-Cola is doing here is basically that same same play in a segment which is continuing to, to grow. So now I'm really excited to see it. And actually, listening to this story and this conversation makes me actually want to go... Buy uh buy some body armor that's
1: And that's a question <laughs> I had for you guys. Actually, I was just thinking, um, do you guys have a position? Uh, um, have you? Are you more of a body armor guy, Gatorade? And I think maybe most so us say Lucasade, or Powerade. Mm. What what what's the what's
3: the sports drink that comes to your mind? Maybe why? For me, the two so is Lucasade and then um, Gatorade, and it's just because I remember from sports. Right? Is there endorsements and advertising in the sports space right i know we haven't really talked about kobe and what kobe brought to body armor but i think that was his his great skill set right being able to be a storyteller Um, so if you've looked at some of the um the ads that body armor um introduced it was really his skill set of how do i tell a story and get this into sort of the sports world and some of them are quite funny. They're taking digs at Gatorade, et cetera, et cetera. But um, for me personally, it's just being Gatorade and LucasAid just because one from the UK, everyone knows Lucas LucasAid from football and that sport. And then American, if it's NFL or basketball, you're used to seeing Gatorade. When a team wins, they throw the bucket, Gatorade mm-hmm. sign logo mm-hmm. there. So that's yep. what I'm just used to.
2: We need to see some take-flight sponsorships, actually, instead of Gatorade. But I think for, from my side, it's always been Aid And especially now that I've started playing football again, whenever I'm back in the UK, in case anyone is listening to this and I play football with you on Sundays, be ready, yeah? Because I'm back.
0: <laughs> Daniel? <laughs> no, no, I think it's simple. You know, it's the British brand, Aid. that's the one I've been accustomed to. I like the, I like the taste. I did try Powerade. Years ago, it didn't really, uh, it was the blue one. Um, same, like, same, didn't really like the taste. And I just quickly recrossed into <laughs> Lucasade orange, um, energy drink, not, not the fizzy one, the Lucas Aid sport one. And yeah. I like, I like the taste,
1: yeah. No, same for me. I've tried, um, Powerade, and I think I went for it because it was different. The name was catchy, um, but it wasn't as nice, right? It was flat, it wasn't, it wasn't a fizzy, they don't do fizzies. It was a flat juice, um, but it's interesting, our take, because ultimately that is what body armor are focusing right on the young, the younger demographics perception. Um, So how they kind of, um, and also how they leverage athletes, which we're going to come on to next to further boost the brand will be quite interesting, but no good. I think really, really good summary on, um, you know, just the deal from a, from a macro perspective and how it positions Coca-Cola for the future. Last question, before we move to the Kobe piece after you know, digesting, do you think body armor will really challenge by two thousand and twenty five? Um, or do you think it's 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 an impossible job given Gatorade's um share? Just a prediction before we move on. Yes or no?
2: To me hundred percent yes. To the moon.
3: <laughs> um yes. Yes, they'll they'll close the gap. I don't think they'll be the market leaders, but they'll close the gap for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm not sure. I think it depends on Coca-Cola's ability to allow um, President, um, Brent, uh, President Brent, President Brent, or Body Armor, and also Mike report whether what kind of autonomy they give as it's been as it's now been acquired by Coca-Cola. Do they still give them like, allow them to have creative, you know, f- um, rights unlimited for... creative rights directive, yeah. you know, directive direction etc etc or are they going to try and hone in and really control them and i think that will be pivotal to allowing it to be successful or maybe a failure
3: and daniel i think what you've just mentioned is really important and pivotal so i've worked on a few mnas and the the transition and the the merger element of it is really really important um especially because a lot of times when acquisitions happen people try to embed that new company in their own processes procedures way of doing things and culture and sometimes you lose that secret source and the reason why you purchase or acquire that company so I think when I was reading up about this um, I know uh, Mike was trying to get like board seats Um, (laughs) um, yeah yeah for this one so I think it sounds like, he, and also it looks like they're going to also work on new projects and initiatives. So this is why it's I think it's a great win-win situation for both parties because Coca-Cola not only acquiring the drink company and the brand, they are also acquiring the expertise of someone that's proven multiple times, right? So, uh, but like Daniel said, the merger and it's really important. Do you isolate them and allow them to do their own thing but leverage the big brand? Or do you try to bring them into your culture? Really important.
0: Oh, I'll simply put it this way. Has smart water, vitamin water and energy brands been more successful on the Coca-Cola's um, acquisition or have they faltered? That's another way to look at it. Yeah, great question.
1: No, good. So I think the, the piece about this story that excites us most, I think is... Kobe Bryant's success on this. Um, he invested $6 million, uh, back in 2014. I think Mike you know, was very much pitching, what well, he's pitched to everybody, right? This will be the number one brand by 2025. Um, and we can get into sort of the rivalry between him and Mike and Gatorade with Mike and him with Body Armor. But he, um, as a result of that deal being acquired by Coca-Cola, it's meant that Kobe Bryant and his family pocketed 400 million from this deal now there is so much to unpack here because you know the numbers are big but the lessons and learnings can be taken by everyone so again we'll just go around and share what's your key takeaways from that from that um success that he's had given he's been well known for his basketball talents and successes um daniel
0: yo (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just gonna say that it's 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 crazy that from this investment of six million, he's earned more from this in what is it nine nine years compared to his whole 20 plus playing career. That's what stood out to me most. That like this one action that he did, and of course you might think, Oh let's let's you know, let's put it to the side. Six million is a lot of money, regardless whether you're rich or not. Six million is a lot of money. So that's one thing to point out because we look at the 400 million thing. Oh, this is great. But really and truly, if you were in that position, do you have the cojones to actually put 6 million on something that isn't guaranteed and someone's selling you a dream? That's the one thing that points out that, you know, that, that point that it's more than his whole, more than his earnings in his playing career from in 20 plus years in nine years. Sure.
2: I mean, what about if you put six million dollars in Shibu Inu now? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Okay. So get it's half it's within it's two relative, weeks. It's all relative. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Go ahead. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I think for for me, a, a couple of a couple of reflection. I think one, um, I think it's a testament of who Kobe Bryant was as a, as a player. Like he always had this David versus Goliath style, almost I like always wanted to work hard, known for his work ethic, and probably the fact that this was a small plucky company going against Gatorade, I would assume actually would have made him even more motivated. If we think about the fact that he had never been in the production space, for example, and before he passed away, he put together an animation, won an Oscar. I think this is a guy who likes to go big and go against the grain. Um and I would assume that it probably was a was a great opportunity. And I think I think building a little bit on, on Daniel's comment by looking at it from the other side, I think probably he had to play 20 years to be the brand that he was, to then get that type of opportunity as well. So I think I think looking at the years people put in and then seeing how much they make from another investment, I think it, it's fair to look at it like that because it shows you where the priority should be. But I, I don't think we should discount the work that it takes to get into those positions, to be given those opportunities as well. So hopefully um, hopefully, Take Flight Podcast is our version of the NBA. And uh, a few episodes from now, we'll get some type of deal coming this way, by the way.
1: Love it. Love it. Olu. Olu
2: um couple of points um i think sort of echoing what
3: um shua mentioned where it's around access not everyone's access is the same so even though we're talking about six million even if it was a thousand pounds right is not everyone has the same access to the same deals um so i think that was based on his brand like shua mentioned but it's also based on his skill set and what he brings to the table. So it's not only financially, especially with these early stage types of investment It's also what else do you bring? So it could be just your brand. But with Kobe's sense, it was more his storytelling and ability to sell a story and, um, and marketing. That was his, what he was known for. Right. Um, and then the second one is really around the importance of importance of holding. I think our generation has been really focused on annually, yearly returns, right? And this shows the importance of investing, uh, putting something away for seven to nine years, and then being able to reap the benefit. And knowing Kobe, and if Kobe was still alive, I know he wouldn't cash out. He probably would be like, "Yo, put that in shares, and let's go again." Right, mm-hmm. so um, it's
1: just the importance of holding for the long run.
3: Yeah, no, I love it. I, I, um, I want to just uh, double down on
1: what Siobhan mentioned. I would love to have known his mindset at the time of making that investment because mm-hmm. one of the things I was picking up was Mike was talking a little bit about how Gatorade never evolved. They were still basically living off the branding Be Like Mike. And I can see Kobe sitting there saying, you've got this very small player underestimated every Mike is basically my big brother but we compete until the very end so I'm going to basically put my backing behind this and see where it goes and I almost felt like he took the rivalry from the courts into the boardroom and said look let's 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 go again um so that's that's one thing the mindset he, of, he, he, hmm.
3: he did a few interviews in fact about Gatorade and why he acquired them and you're right part of it was in terms of body, innovation. Body armor, body armor, you mean? sorry body armor sorry yeah. um so he did some um, interviews where he was he said look the importance of innovation is key like he mentioned gatorade hasn't changed what they put in a bottle from god knows how long right and mm-hmm. we are innovated we are healthier all of these different metrics in which he felt and i'm sure which he also mentioned is he could see where they can leverage his skill. For him, it's not about money. I think you reach a point where it's not just about, Hey, let me give my money. Let me hope for something to increase. He said, and I saw another interview where he said, invest in stuff that you understand and know what is better than look. I've played in the sports world. I understand what this should do to my body, how it should improve my body. And guess what? If Mm -hmm. I need to call someone, I can call my big brother who also knows about Gatorade and we can chop it up and understand it in that sense as well. So he's playing in a space that he's comfortable with and he truly understands that he can add value. Yeah.
2: Great point.
1: The, the, the thing that jumped out at me and there's a, there's a, I really highly recommend people to watch this if they haven't, there is a Netflix series called Money Explains, Money Explained. And there was a, there was a really there was a line that stuck with me ever since. And it was about, um, it's, it's looking at higher net worth individuals and how people move their money and how and how money works. One of the things it said was, it was taking Michael Jordan. And it says that Michael Jordan became a millionaire of his labor and became a billionaire of his capital. And and this story is a classic example of that, right? And, and it's happened in our time. We've seen it take place. It's a classic example of the compound effect. I like what you said, all in a sense of, it's this idea of you have to work hard to get a body of work and then to understand how to leverage that work. Right. And and I think this is exactly what he's, what he's done here. So just the, just the understanding here on labor versus capital, 20 years playing, I think only 300 million made an investment that he's never had to dribble for or work for run up and down the court. It, I think he yeah makes more than his earn, makes more than his playing career, so I just think I think it's it's such an important message to send to people in terms of money makes money faster than labour will ever make money, right? And so it, it's about planting seeds as early as you can, because it, it's a better worker than you, right? So, hmm. but I think incredible, incredible story, and it, and it's it's really unfortunate um, that he is not with us to be able to speak on it and, and maybe share a little bit of that journey because as you guys have mentioned, he was big on storytelling. And he would have, I think, shared what that journey would have looked
3: like. I mean, that was one of the hardest things doing this research for this episode. Um, watching his videos and seeing that, okay, wow, this guy, what he could have been, um, even though he achieved so much in his lifetime, but mm. what more he could have achieved, it would have been crazy. In terms of the investment world, he would have been our generation of um, Mike, in terms of in mm. how successful Mike is in terms of investment.
2: I think what was also a nice touch is I think when they announced this deal, they actually announced it at eight twenty-four, um, in memory of uh, of Kobe. Oh, wow. So I think that that also shows the impact that he made on that organization, where it was beyond the financials. I'm sure behind the scenes, if he was applying ten percent of the work ethic he had on the court in their business, no wonder they uh, popped off as much as they did.
1: Sure. I was reading a little bit on Mike. Mike said he, what he looks for in people. One of the things he said he looks for is is sore losers—people that can't. <laughs> yeah. And and I think Kobe's probably a, a great a great person for that. The other the other reflection I wanted to share was the message around you're not just one thing in life. You're not just in one box. Kobe made uh, an illustrious illustrious career on basketball, but that's not who he was only yeah. right. And he was determined also to say if the next 20 years of my life is not more successful than the last 20 years than I felt. So he went into, you know, this investment world and we can get into other investments and has succeeded there as well. So I, I like that message for us and our community in a sense of you're not just a nine to fiver for the rest of your life. You can, there's other things you can get yourself into um, that you should also be doing right. It's not like the sense of I can only do one thing. So mm. um, I, I think, I think that's, that's a, a, a beautiful message also to, just you know further internalize any any further reflections um and maybe just some 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 words around his other investment plays that he's he also put together
2: so, i i mean just from from my side, maybe not a specific investment play, but I think the the other underlying message, and I think we've spoken about it in many episodes but this this one moment really signifies the value and the power of generational wealth now Kobe mm. is a guy who achieved so much in his life and then unfortunately got cut short. But beyond the point where now he's gone, he can't actually impact anything. But because of those decisions that he made before, while he was alive, um, this now his family can feed from, his grandchildren, lots of other people can live off this and make that into something bigger as well. And I mean, P spoke in a couple of episodes, I think in the last episode about the power of wills and all of this stuff and really thinking about the future. This just exemplifies the impact you can make beyond your your passing and how it can really help a lot of people. So it's just another great reminder for us to make sure we put those uh, pieces in play before we uh, have our time finished as well.
1: I was, I was thinking about that as well. I was thinking to myself, you can definitely rest assured that he put things in place to ensure <laughs> yeah. whatever future payouts take place because he's got the VC company, he's got also the, the media production company. Whatever that produces is is flowing. His legacy is determined, right? He's mm. mapped out already. Um, yeah. Any, any final reflections? Um, I think this has been a really, really good discussion on the bigger macro deal and also how someone that we know everybody's aware of has, has profited very well from making smart decisions.
0: I'll just say that. I think it's important for it, for investment. I think that's what stands out to me. The fact that it's not just about, you know, bringing it back to us. Yes, we're all fortunate to have um, good paying jobs, but good paying jobs aren't going to produce anything. You have to really invest. Uh, When you look at inflation at the moment, which is, you know, at, an all-time high. It's completely audacious. It's just, you know, it's ridiculous. Money's become, your current money in your bank is gonna become worth less as years go by. And that's why it's really important that you seek out investments, opportunities to invest. Because really and truly, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday. We are living at a time where there are so many opportunities afforded to us with the likes of blockchain technology via crypto and cryptocurrencies, and this is a life changing moment. I don't recall any other time in my, my life where something pivotal like this has happened, maybe okay, the internet in 95, but I was five years old. I couldn't take any action on it. Mm-hmm. But right now there's no excuse for me to say, I, can, I can't be ignorant on the fact that there are opportunities around me. It's up to me to really learn about what's going on and then to make some key informed decisions on where to allocate capital. And I say that because the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. You have to water it. It has to take time. But also, you don't have to, you have to have your exit game. You have to know your exit plan. As we alluded to in the conversation, would Kobe get that 400 million payout and take it or would he reinvest? And that's also something we have to hold, hold strongly too is the money can be a blind thing. Oh, wow, this is money. This is This is a lot of money. But is it the right time to take it out? Should you reinvest it? So I just think investments are key, really, really key.
3: For sure. I think Daniel's just basically saying the importance of ownership. Um, There's this funny, oh, not funny, but there's this really wise quote or statement where it says, look, if you invest in a business and it increases, right? 10%, 20%, 30%. Did you work 20% harder, 30% harder? If I Mm. needed to do that with my salary, I can't do exactly this. I I can't increase my salary, no matter how hard I work or whatever, it's not going to go up. But like in this scenario, did Kobe in the last nine years, did Kobe work harder? Did he do more? Did he like, like, did he, no, he said, ownership is key. I'm sure if he was still alive, he would have been more involved in in the company and helping them grow, but he was able to benefit from this just by owning. So I have conversations with my friends where it's like, they're talking about salaries and negotiating their initial contracts. And I'm, the big thing I always preach to them is if you can get equity, get equity, like get equity in that company. Cause <laughs> we've just seen a perfect example of this, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not saying that you need to make 400 million, right? Or whatever profit, even if it's an additional hundred K half a million, it can change your life. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Love it. No guys, I think it's been a great discussion. I think it's been a great business discussion and us really breaking down the elements of this deal, how we perceive it, what do we think the projections are going to be, right, with Coca-Cola acquiring body armour, and then actually unpacking how successful Kobe has been in taking these decisions and what it means for um, us in our community and how we see things and
0: how we're building our journeys. So I think really, really, really great discussion. So as you can see, we tried something new this episode. We tried to deep dive on a business topic, and if you enjoyed it, we'd really welcome your feedback. Or there's anything you would like us to talk about in a, in a similar fashion, um, please do reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram at take flight Podcast, or you can email us at takeflightpodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, stay safe and look after one another. God bless. Peace. Take off, take
3: flight with you.